Well, hi everyone, this is Martin, your host, and you're listening to Northwest Creatives Podcast. Here you'll hear from creatives from all around the Pacific Northwest with the hopes that their stories will inspire you and your creative journey. In today's episode, we have a conversation with Isaac Gallegos, a Northwest Creatives from Newburgh, Oregon. He is a current student at George Fox University and a film director. We can't wait for you to meet him. So with that said, let's get to it. Hi, Isaac. How are you doing today? And thank you again for being on our podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Martin. I really appreciate it. I'm doing really good. Dude, I'm so glad that we were able to put this together and to be able to be here where you're going to school and learning how to film direct. And uh, dude, yeah. this is a really nice place. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right? I mean, I've been here for a while, so it seems a little small, but I, yeah, I really yeah. do love it a lot. Dude, I'm walking in and you see all these pictures and these famous people and these famous movies on the wall. And then I get to see... Like these students over here in the green room, dude. Yeah, and you, guys yeah. are, you guys are doing Freshmen, it. Freshmen, yeah. Yeah, and and then you know you have this other room where they do post recordings and inspiration and creativity is like open here and yeah. you can just breathe it in. So, so hey, um, dude, how did we meet? We met on a project on a film I was uh, directing for school, a senior project. Um, it was a western, and we needed uh, quite a few actors. And we needed someone to fill a role for someone uh, dying. And so I often thought with my producer, you know, nobody's going to get on this role. Nobody yeah. wants that. Um, but we ended up casting you. Hey. And it turns out you actually really wanted that role. <laughs> which is, <laughs> I did. I, dude, I've been on sets like on Leverage, on Grimm, The Librarians, and other side projects. And none of my roles were like dying man. <laughs> you know, it's like it was always standing man, walking in the background man. Um, and we had you stand. Yeah, we, we, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So when I saw, like, wait a minute, I get to die in this particular scene? Dude, this is it. This is, I get to put down my resume. Like, I know what that's like. So thank you for shooting this film and for trusting me to help you tell your story. No, yeah, I'm just the angel of death. I'm glad you yeah, <laughs> got to fulfill your dream. I will tell you this. When I was laying on the floor and this, you know, the other actor had a gun to my head. Yeah. I looked up and I said, so this is what this feels like. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, wow. You know, they were like, okay, shut up. Get, 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 get to work. You know. Um, very briefly, what, what, is the, what is the main theme of this story that, that you've already shot, right? Yeah. So you know, you just, is it done like editing and, and it's ready for... Yeah, we're just editing color and sound right now, but in yeah. I think by the end of this month we'll we'll be yeah. completely done. What is in 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 so little a uh, few words? Mm -hmm. What is this story about? The story is really about um, uh, understanding the heart of someone who you disagree with. Yeah. So um, the the thing I've often said to people is like, though the main character's heart is in the wrong place, does that mean you should invalidate the fact that they have a heart in the first place? Yeah. So just trying to understand the other side. Um, not to agree with them necessarily, but just see where they're coming from and why they think that. And this is based on a true story. It's based on a true story of yeah. the Espinoza brothers, yeah. So that's all we're going to say. Yeah. So Suspense. Yeah, suspense. Can you feel it? Is it building up oh, I feel wherever it. you are? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun to be a part of that, and I can't Appreciate wait to it. see the, the whole thing put together. Um, so, hey, um, we're here in the Pacific Northwest. You know, uh, what do you like most about it? I love the the variety of seasons. So I actually really love the rain. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of my friends don't, but in the winter and fall, something about the 
the cold weather with like a cozy room or like a, a nice hot drink. Yeah. It's it's amazing. But then when it comes for spring and summer, I do like the sun. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of the rain at that point. But yeah. the cycle, that's what I like. Well, I like it after it's rained because then yes. you get to smell the pine trees. Yeah, the smell after it rains, yeah. And it feels like I'm camping all over again. Oh, yeah. You know, and all I need is just my marshmallows or my chili beans, oh, yeah. you know. But um, enough of enough of me. Enough of chili beans. <laughs> enough of chili beans. <laughs> Every year when it's my birthday, sorry, I'm going to have to say this. Now <laughs> no, that you, chili now that you said that. A chili bean rant, okay. Yeah. So uh, every year when it's my birthday, um, you know, I grew up with a lot of birthday parties with my mom, you know, and all that. I'm already kind of fed up with having all the attention on my birthday. Mm. So I just told my wife, just give me chili beans, put some weenies in it, go to Famous Dave's, no, Famous Dave's, yeah, and get some of their cornbread, oh, man. and then put on Indiana Jones. Oh, man. It's, I know. Oh, my gosh. And then just be in my pajamas and look like I don't care, and just eat my chili beans with weenies in it, along with my cornbread, and maybe some water, because I don't want to get And my... look at Harrison Ford. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So enough of chili beans and good. Indiana Jones there. But, um, so dude, who is Isaac Gallegos, and where are you originally from, and what was that like, you know, growing up there? Yeah, ooh, um, who am I? Well, that's a good question. I'll start with the easier question, which is, I was born in El Paso, Texas. Um, I like to say that because it makes me sound like a cool country kid, but I was only there for like a few, like less than a year maybe, so I was just a baby. And then we, uh, my immediate family moved to Washington and stayed in Kent for most of the time, and. Uh, now they're in Covington, but for college I went to, to Newburgh, Oregon. Um, being in Washington most of the time, you're around a lot of Washingtonians. Yeah. Um, and often I did actually forget that I was Mexican, to be honest, because yeah. I didn't really speak Spanish, and all my friends were uh, usually not Mexican. Okay. So um, it was a lot of just kind of tagging along with um, my different friend groups. And I think only until, like, I think at this point three years ago, I was actually yeah. very shy. Um, and very, just like a scared kid just in general. Yeah. Um, and so I would often just, you know, not talk or sit in the back of the class and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but I think at a certain point I just kind of had to um, get confident. I had to kind of force myself to get way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, really start to socialize a lot. Um, and in doing so, I got kind of defensive just in different ways. Yeah. Um, but I think at this point I've kind of found a good spot where I'm confident. Um, I, uh, I can stand my ground, but yeah. I'm also not arrogant, and I can know when to step back. Yeah, yeah. You said about like not speaking Spanish, mm -hmm. but also when did you realize you that was who you were? Like this is your culture. Yeah. And Truthfully, and this is gonna sound really bad, I actually got quite annoyed with my extended family because okay. of that culture, and okay. it's just, um, it. I was so familiar with just uh, an original like Washington culture that going back to Texas whenever I visited was it was overwhelming at times, mm -hmm. and I often thought like man you know what does it mean to be Mexican because I I mean I'm you know I have the skin color but yeah. I don't speak Spanish I don't like I can't it's hard to adapt to that culture but then I think kind of with this change of like being more confident stuff I think somehow it was a shift of like oh I am Mexican and I do love like this really exciting, really family-oriented uh, Mexican culture that yeah. I have extended um, across, well, now Oregon with me, but then Washington with my immediate family, and then um, 
in Texas with a majority of my extended family. Yeah. And anytime I do go there, it's it's overwhelming, but now in the sense of like so much love. Yeah. And so I think kind of, I don't want to say embracing because that sounds too uh, cliche, I guess, in a way. Okay. But I think that's probably the best word I can yeah. use, just embracing the fact that yeah. um, that is my background and um, that is that is that is me ultimately yeah. as well. Yeah. So, dude, uh, what kind of career did you always envision for yourself growing up there in Washington? I well, when I was younger, I really wanted to be Batman, but um, the employment yes. rates for Batman, you know, and the <laughs> occupational hazards with that, uh, it's quite bad. So, um, I, and aside from wanting to be, you know, like a dinosaur and stuff, yeah, yeah. at a certain point. I was, you know, I loved watching movies, um, but I always went a step further and like, cause I mean, I'm not that old, but it was like when DVDs were the big thing. Yeah, so yeah. I'd always go into the behind the scenes part of the, or like the extra features, bonus features of the DVDs and look at all the behind the scenes. Um, and I, I was kind of addicted to that. Yeah. Like my, my brothers just wanted to watch the action parts of the movies, but I wanted to know how they actually made those scenes. And at a certain point, I realized that I was just investing so much time into these behind-the-scenes things that I just kind of had to start doing on my own to see yeah. what it's like. Yeah. And then at a certain point, I just just snowballed from there. Dude, that's ex that's ex that's actually the following. That's the question I was going to ask you. So, just being intrigued by the the making of the movies. Mm -hmm. I'll be I'll be honest. With you, there's just some things where sometimes that's even better than the movie. Part of me that um, I love. Um, knowing things that people don't know or will never know. Um, and just that just kind of goes in different parts of my life and just yeah. different interests, but especially with filmmaking, because it's like everyone knows the movie, but yeah. not a lot of people know exactly how you make exactly. it. And I saw, you know, these big like camera stuff and I didn't understand why they needed all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah. Okay, here's the question. How many of behind the scenes in making the movies have you seen? Um, I'd have to put it in hours, and okay. um, this is probably an exaggeration, but I'd, I would oh, like okay. to say either a few days or a few weeks um, in hours of just watching behind the scenes things. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's an exaggeration, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, a lot, a lot of hours. You think a lot of that's kind of, in some ways, prepared you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you yeah, you hear these like film directors or producers, and they don't really talk necessarily about the specs. They more just talk about the story and the creativity and how they had any inspiration and how they had the motivation to keep yeah, going. Yeah. So, from watching those and kind of as you're moving, as you're growing up, and as you're getting, you know, um, more exposed to the world around you and the possibilities and how to and how to. Um, get on this path now of, of filmmaking and, and you know there's that whisper there's that inspiration there's that um curiosity right like mm -hmm. okay if, I, if i'm really wanting to do this where do i go mm -hmm. to do this like how mm -hmm. do i who else can come alongside me to prepare me yeah right what's been the best and worst advice you've ever received i think my close friends know that i'm actually extremely skeptical of advice yeah. um especially when it comes to my peers giving advice because yeah. I often think, well, what gives you the authority to have that advice anyway? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cynical of me, but um, I think for like bad advice, I often, since I'm very skeptical, uh -huh. in a way I consider a lot of advice kind of bad advice because I think, yeah. you know, how do you know 
if you know the answers, why isn't your life perfect? And just kind of all these hypocritical yeah. things that I that go through my mind. Um, but I think one of the best pieces of advice is um, kind of go with the flow, yeah. but have a plan, ultimately. I mean, don't have a, um, a solid step-by-step uh, -step plan, because if it yeah. goes wrong, then you'll... Um, it's kind of hard to get back on track, but if you just kind of go with the flow and um, don't have things defined to a T, then that gives you room to kind of be flexible. Yeah, go with the flow. Go with the flow. Sound like a hippie, but no, <laughs> we are in Oregon. Go with the flow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we are in Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> you know, have a so go with the flow along with having a plan. Have a basic plan. Yeah, basic plan. Yeah, don't have. You don't have to have all the answers. That'll come as you start with where you are. Yeah. Have a plan and then just... Yeah, and I think uh, another piece of advice that I really loved was, um, I think Mike, Mike Tyson maybe said it. Uh, okay. It's like a phrase, but it's like, um, reach for the stars, and if you don't reach the stars, then you'll at least be in the clouds or something like that. So like, dream really big, yeah. and even if you don't get to the huge dream you had, at least you'll have reached far enough where you can be still pretty high. You know, uh, that is that is awesome. Uh, that that also reminds me of David Foster, who's a, a music producer. You know, with uh, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, the greats, Andre Bocelli, and he's had this one thing advice also for songwriters or any general creatives. Uh, he said um, he doesn't believe in luck. He believes when luck uh, meets opportunity. Hard work meets opportunity. Mm, yeah. Hard work meets. Okay. So yeah. you know, wh where are you? Start there. Put a basic plan together and wait for the opportunity to come. And you know what? Because you have a plan mm -hmm. and you're going with the flow, opportunity will meet you. What's been your favorite place to eat these days? Ooh, Fred Meyer. Fred Meyer has a uh, great variety, great service. Uh, prices are low. Yeah. Um, you can get anything you want. Um, it's 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 got everything. What's been that one thing that you've been eating a lot more of from Fred Meyer's? Um, Tapatio flavored Doritos. Tapatio. Um, I haven't had those. I am I'm the guy who literally keeps a bottle of Tapatio in my backpack. Um, Do you have a spray bottle on it? Just so oh man, I wish <laughs> I should just cool off with some Tapatio when it gets hot. Just burn up, yeah. No, no, just, just, you can put, no, what I'm saying is put the spray part on top of the tapatio, and all you do is spray tapatio on anything I want. On anything you want. I, why haven't I done this? <laughs> I thought you were going to say you always were hitting up the fried chicken that they have there in Fred Meyers. That, it's also pretty good. I, Dude. I, it's kind of hard in the dorm to, to consistently have the, the chicken stuff, but yeah. Yeah, especially when you got to like, the smell going everywhere, and everyone's like, hey, what are you eating? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I gotta, yeah, hide it. <laughs> there you go. Spray them with uh, the what are the, what are the Doritos names again? Tapatio. Tapatio. Tapatio Doritos. Go check them out. Check them out. Go check them out. Don't uh, buy them all, though. Don't buy them all, yeah. you know, or have a bottle of Tapatio. Yeah. You know, um, what's it like being a creative here in the Pacific Northwest? Huh. Well, physically, I think just the scenery yeah. really lends itself to a lot of different um i think i'm thinking more of like film stuff yeah. so a lot of different locations um great seasons so you can if you want winter you have a good chance of a somewhat of a good chance of having snow here and there yeah. um in the summer you have really nice weather um 
but just I think the environment wise, at least at college right now, um, a lot of freedom to be creative. Um, yeah. And especially if you have good friends who also want to be creative, you don't really, it's a, we're all a bit naive when it comes to like the quote unquote industry. So yeah. right now we're just doing the most basic process of just making films and yeah. um, understanding how to work with each other in a group. Yeah. Um, so really exercising those uh, muscles, creative mm. muscles. I think once we all graduate, which for me is going to be somewhat soon, um, I think I may have a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> so what program are you in? Since we're talking about George Fox mm. and, and, and um, you being here on campus, which is a beautiful campus, especially, beautiful. The, especially the center part of it. It is really nice, oh, yeah. It's really nice. Um, what program are you in? I am in the Cinematic Arts program at George Fox University with a focus in film and video production. So I'll get a BA in Cinematic Arts. Awesome. What is Isaac's creative process? What's it like and when do you know you've brought in your most creative self? I think one rule I have pretty much is, um, it's sort of implicit, but if I especially when it comes to a story, if I can't rant about the story to someone and force myself to stop, maybe I shouldn't tell this story. Um, because it's like, if I can't rant to someone about the story for like 20 minutes, how am I gonna spend three months on this project? Wow. And um, I, I have often found myself like trying to figure out, well, if we do this, this, in a rant, and then I often think, well, I, unless I, like try to workshop this story, I'm probably not the one to tell it. Yeah. Um, but if I do find one that I, I can't stop talking about, then um, I do, I often ask myself, what's, what's something I haven't done? So what's a medium of telling a story I haven't done yeah. or what's a genre that I haven't done? Um, and see if maybe I can use that story in this genre or use the genre to tell the story in a certain way. Um, and then that's kind of how I go. So I either start writing or I get someone else to write it and then um, if we want to do live action film or if we want to do animation um, or any other medium for telling a story. Yeah. Dude, you just said all kinds of good stuff there, man. And I think that, you know, reminds us of like, um, is this supposed to be something I'm supposed to share right. in this kind of way? Um, and I think that kind of tells us a little bit about who you are as someone who takes what you do seriously as a storyteller you know and and not only as a storyteller I think for any of us who are creatives or um, whether we're doing it already or just learning how to be a creative you know um, that speaks volumes about what we have is is you know is precious right. and what we have is like I'm giving I'm being given this opportunity and I don't want to blow it I want to do a good job right. and I want to be faithful to whatever it is I feel is being entrusted to me. And I like that you have that approach. Like if, if, if I can't ramble on about it for 20 minutes or so, right. Yeah. I never would have thought about well, that. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And it's, I mean, especially in the creative field, it's always like, um, oh, you can see their voice in this project where it's yeah. like, you need to make your voice known. But I think acknowledging that maybe it should be someone else's voice to, to yeah. tell that story. I think it's also really important because yeah. anybody can tell a story, but with a certain voice, that's what really makes an impact. Yeah. It's like you're serving the story. Yeah, yeah, ultimately. You know, the, you're doing it for the sake of, of it. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. 
Um, so how are you staying sharp creatively? What are things that you do? Like Monday I do this, uh, Friday I do this. You know, these are things that I have in place for a reason that keeps me sharp. It keeps me dialed in. It keeps me grounded. What are those things for Isaac? I think, I don't want to speak for all creatives, but I think there's the, uh, the, the blessing, but also the bit of a curse of wanting to always make something. Yeah. So like, even if you're on a project, you're thinking of the next project or <laughs> the project after that one. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, as you're kind of coming to the finish line of one big project, you're ready to get it over with and just start this other one, but you have to finish it all the way and go strong to the end and then start the next one. Yeah. So for me, um, even though I'm still in the process of finishing this, this Western film I got yeah. going on, I'm still thinking of the next project. Yeah. So um, um, kind of going to the idea of like, what haven't I done? Yeah. Um, trying to find a different medium maybe to tell a story. Not that I'm done with film, I'm always gonna stay in film, yeah. but just seeing how I can use other mediums to sharpen my skills. What kind of rig are you using um, to help you land that plane? You yeah. know, that project, like? Like camera rig and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I know you're, uh, a lot of it's here at school and, and the equipment they have. Mm. Um, or you can talk about like, what's your favorite rig? Yeah, I think, um, it's gonna get somewhat technical, um, but I think there's, um, I have a lot of friends who love shooting on actual like film stock. Um, I've messed around with film stock a bit. It's uh, quite challenging for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like digital at this moment, just way more efficient. I'm not a purist, um, but uh, for any camera people, there's always a question of uh, do we shoot on a film like the Arri Alexa, yeah. or do we shoot something a little bit cheaper, or not cheaper, but um, more like prosumer kind yeah. of way instead of cinema camera. Um, so something like the Sony A7S, um, you know, different sensor sizes, mm -hmm. uh, different uh, resolution, um, but they still got the frame rate and potentially somewhat similar uh, color profiling. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I think for every project though, it, it does require some changing. So there's not one camera I stick with all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always like, what, what sensor is best for this? What yeah. uh, color profile is best for this project? It's just crazy to think how many different kind of rigs they yeah, have it's crazy. at their disposal. Yeah, because I, I, was, I was talking to my cinematographer for this project and there's a certain lens, it's called the anamorphic lens. It yeah. uh, squeezes, or it stretches it vertically yeah. when you shoot, and then you squeeze it down. Um, and I thought I could just tell my cinematographer, maybe let's consider anamorphic. Um, but then a question he texted me, which I had to answer, I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty much the same. He said, do we want a, an anamorphic 1.33 time squeeze um, shooting in 16 by nine sensor, or do we want to shoot open gate 4.3 with a two time squeeze anamorphic? <laughs> and I had to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, blue. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh. Blue. <laughs> so I, I just am remembering Michael Jackson. Uh, I don't know if it was um, this is it. You know, I think it was his last. Oh, the, yeah. I see. And I don't good. know if it was during that because I was watching the the back, mm -hmm. like how they were making it, rehearsing. Yeah. And I don't know if it was there where he tells his sound or engineer. Make it sound purple. <laughs> I should have told my DP that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, make ah. it look yummy and. Yeah. 
Make the sound tasty. In the... Yeah, in my tummy. Yeah. Make it yummy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, I can get away with that with uh, our, our sound engineer at our church, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Isaac, this, this past year, man, COVID, bro. Yep. It's, it's been something. Um, I was driving um, to, our, to our interview, and I had this question that wasn't a part of the questions here, and I said, has COVID changed the landscape of filming? How has that changed, if that's true? Uh, what are you seeing? What do you know? And can you elaborate? You know, has it changed the landscape of, of filming? Yeah, um, I'll acknowledge that my, my knowledge of this is pretty limited. I'm, I'm definitely not an expert, but just from physically making a film with a big crew yeah. um, during COVID, um, it's it's allowed us to have the challenge of being more, um, I don't want to say creative because that's a basic word, but I guess uh, working smarter, not harder, I guess. Um, there's always the challenge of like, ooh, do we frame it with two people in a frame and how does the composition look? But it really has changed composition, um, I think just in the most basic sense, because um, unless you have the COVID masks on people, they can't be closer than six feet. Yeah. So to have a two shot um, is really hard if you want like a 50-50 kind of look. If you want someone more in the foreground and another person in the background, that's okay like an over the shoulder, but composition has been quite hard with COVID in it. But then also kind of finding ways to keep a mask on without making it look like a COVID mask. Like since yeah. it's a Western, we were able to have like the bandits masks yeah. on these people. And that was, that was, I think, pretty smart on our crew's part, but just finding ways to, to work around that. But I think the ex exhibition part of film really has changed because it's a lot more Emphasis on streaming platforms. You got HBO Max, uh, Disney Plus with a, a few good stuff, and then yeah. um, these other. I mean, of course, Netflix. You know? yeah. So the lack of movie theater attendance, plus the massive increase in digital streaming. I'm, I'm not sure how it'll, if it'll go back to as much theater attendance as it was pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just opened up the theaters. They did, and yeah. it's pretty slow. I don't know if it's all of them, but I know Clackamas, the mall there. Right. Uh, Century 16 is normally our go-to place for because right. they have a uh, kettle corn. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, thank you. And uh, yeah, we went there just a couple of days ago just for the extra buttered popcorn. Yeah. And um, they actually gave us a Wonder Woman tin can. It looked like. Oh. We had to pay extra for it, but I think they're trying to get rid of them or something. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. you're going to give that for free? He goes, yeah, you want it? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got my, you know, my kettle corn, which is, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then, of course, their nacho cheese chips with jalapenos. Um, and then I said, thank you, bye. And then I went back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, like what you're saying, yeah. like Apple Plus. Oh, yeah. You know, Netflix, Disney Plus. I mean, what don't you have on there? Right. And Netflix is blowing up with all kinds of new television shows and, oh and my gosh, yes. original movies. I think Apple's now making original movies. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. They're all kind of doing yeah, originals. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, I don't think going to the theaters is going to ever be the same again because of all that we have in the space of our living room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I heard this. Um, I mean, I'm not even too knowledgeable about all the medical stuff with COVID, but um, someone brought up to me 
just the other day that COVID's not really going to go away. I mean, it's it's yeah. a virus. I mean, it's just yeah. going to stay there. But there's the um, the vaccines and stuff that are just yeah. going to be more available. So I always yeah. thought, oh, when COVID goes away, yeah. then we'll yeah. go back to normal. But I mean, it's not really going to go away. It's yeah. more just like a slow uh, adaptation and acceptance of it. Yeah. So I think that's been the weird realization. Like, it's not going to since it's not going to go away. When will people? Um, stop being kind of scared to go back to public spaces. Yeah. Because I know some of my friends don't want to go to the movies because they're, you know, scared of how other people will or, act. And... Or people going back to, you know, to their churches. Mm, you yeah. know, I mean, I got some friends of mine that's like, I don't have any reason to go back right now. I'm, I'm in yeah. no hurry. I'm watching it from the comfort of my home, you know, because they're live streaming it. And, and you have others who are going, you know, and some churches have masks, some of them don't require masks at the main service, but they have other rooms available for people who feel more comfortable with masks on, and they can watch a service from a big, you yeah. know. And I think, you know, there's definitely a lot of people who feel like they, you know, they, they miss being around people, mm-hmm. you know. And then all we can do is do our part, mm-hmm. you know, be safe. Whoever you are out there, whoever, wherever you're listening in, you know, just be safe. You know, um, wear your masks where you're supposed to be wearing your masks. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've been affected or have family members or friends that have been affected, our hearts go out to you. And we mm-hmm. pray that, you know, that, um, you know, that uh, they get the treatment they need. And um, our hearts go out to everyone who's lost someone. And, um, and, you know, wherever you are, do your part. Stay safe. What are your hopes for film directors like you? and those who are creatives in that um, kind of expression for the future. Oh my. <laughs> you know, because we're talking about adapting, mm-hmm. right? Adapting and uh, like, what are you, you know, what are you hoping it will look like? You know, cause you're gonna be graduating soon. <laughs> you know, which is an incredible achievement at, here at George Fox and just um, possibilities, the sky is the limit, you know, mm-hmm. possibilities and, and where you see yourself. but. What are your hopes? I think, um, oh man. Well, personally, I, I think just my hopes is that um, um, not not giving up. I think is probably a big hope for me. Uh, COVID has definitely been a challenge. Um, I understand it's been very challenging for some. I've been, I mean, I don't, this is gonna sound selfish. I've just been fortunate enough to, to have a lot of people around me who are supportive but also safe yeah. and um, not be um, as emotionally impacted because uh, of COVID, yeah. at least not to too much of an extent. I don't, um, I mean, I get very lonely sometimes and very sad, but um, I think just the idea of persevering um, until the very end um, and not letting um, any sort of external or even internal uh, obstacles completely stop a creator from from at least striving for their goal at least yeah. kind of the idea of even if you don't reach the stars you at least go in the clouds kind of yeah. even even if you're at a point where you are very satisfied with where you are then that's that's making it yeah just stay encouraged stay optimistic go with the flow have a plan yeah, have do. people around you who are there to support you it yeah. really 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 helps yeah.
All right, so what's your go-to coffee place, Isaac? Ooh, um, if I have money, um, then the coffee cottage. I know we just went this morning. We just went? Do, yeah. They, they do a killer hot chocolate. Yeah, I do love uh, sugar drinks. So yeah. um, I know my friends, uh, some of them drink straight black coffee. Um, they're, I think you pronounce it psychopaths. Um, so... <laughs> Looks like tar. Yeah, it looks like just it. yeah, death. So I just I drink uh, life, which is just sugar. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I don't have money, then uh, just instant uh, coffee from a kettle and the the instant uh, grounds, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. then the little pods, the unrefrigerated little creamer pods um, that like you can just get like a, a pack of just those, yeah. you know. You know um, You'll find them at like hotels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then I just uh, I I accept what I have and <laughs> just go from there. That's right. And we accept you, Isaac. Uh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. I'm waiting for my friends to go down that route too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, I I do instant too, and, and I don't have money or when I'm just home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I can have good coffee at home too. You know, and I don't have to like. It's not always me having to go to a hipster place or yeah, spend money. It's like I already spent money to have coffee here, and I can make it, and it looks sounds delicious. Yeah, let's go get a coffee. Yeah, let me go to my room. It looks quick. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, awesome, awesome. Um, so, here's a uh, you know now that we're kind of touching a little bit more on, on the ministry and spirituality kind of a things. You know, um, what is filmmaking teaching you about yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, but also teaching about God and the art of storytelling. Um, yeah, that's pretty big. I think um, by myself, um, I think it's just a testament of how far I'll go to tell a story. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, my parents have always said I, I've always liked telling stories. I think um, my own perception is that I just for a long time just like camera and tech stuff and then I kind of was like oh shoot I should like story too <laughs> if yeah. I want to do this and then at a certain point I just was just so consumed with story that I often forgot like oh yeah we do need a camera for this yeah um, so I think that was a good change um, when it comes to teach me about God and kind of the art of storytelling um, I think that's a bit harder for me to answer because um, when it comes to God and um, being a Christian, I do yeah. try to stick as close to the Bible as possible. So um, I'm, that's not to say like if I uh, interweave God with spirituality, that's like going yeah. against the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. But um, just trying to find that balance of what what is within the Bible that um, I can say is my relationship with any sort of thing I do mm-hmm. in life. And then what's just my own like perception of things and then just trying to weave in oh but it's also a bible thing yeah you know i think that's that's been pretty hard for me um uh there is a film theorist i forgot who it was but it's like um a a writer can say they have no attachment to a story but it's um subconsciously they just have their values interweaved with the story whatever they write yeah um i think that's probably somewhat true with any sort of creative with what they do especially with the visual art you can uh, especially with the surrealist art idea where you just have a bunch of images that mean no have no relation I often think well in editing you put this with this next to each other somehow you thought like oh that makes sense yeah. so why'd you think it made sense then that's yeah. a bias so it was intentional <laughs> so 
kind of this idea of like if you tell a story with a certain character arc, sure, it could be random, but maybe there's some sort of set of values that do have a root in something like Christianity that yeah. just either subconsciously or just, I guess, unintentionally just pour out into a story. Yeah. Um, and kind of the arc of the story could be um, a way to touch someone in a way that makes them kind of consider their own values and yeah. that gets to the root of motivation. Is, is that hard to do? When you start talking about like values and like how to like highlight those moments, you know, to be intense yeah. on purpose or to be like really heart tugging or to leave a little bit of a challenge about yeah. maybe you're looking at the, at the cross this way, but if you turn to the left just a little bit, mm -hmm. I'm thinking of that, that old stained window that, that no, you know, oh yeah. <laughs> like if you look at it this way, the mm -hmm. light just shines a little bit this way. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right. And yeah. It's, you know, and it still yeah. leads to people to truth. Uh -huh. But sometimes people have never considered looking at it that way before. Right. It's, it's not exactly on the nose. Is that is that a hard thing to do as a film director? Like as you're you're in it and you're doing mm -hmm. it here at George Fox and in these projects or upcoming projects. I don't know about. Um, yeah. Well, um, it is a lot of responsibility when it comes to these visual art forms because um, I'm assuming a lot of people can agree that things like film and music do have an impact. Yeah. Um, just in a lot of social um, aspects. Um, when it comes to kind of developing a story, um, yeah, technically building um, a story and having that process of characters and um, where they end up from the start to beginning, it is um, challenging to get that, make it cohesive. Yeah. But sometimes it is somewhat natural and they're like, oh, if I relate to this character, then it makes sense that they would do this action or that yeah. they would intentionally stay away from this person. Um, and I think kind of going back to what we're saying about like a bias when it comes to some of these things, yeah. if if someone writes a character to, to do this action or to stay away from here, maybe that has a, a root in that own person's um, like character and like would they actually do this or are they living vicariously through this character? Yeah to explore these ideas and yeah. all this. And the whole idea of like dreamscapes in films, I think that's kind of the, the idea of living vicariously to, yeah. to see these worlds we don't really want to touch in our own lives. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That is so good. Um, if you could film direct any story in the scriptures, what story would it be? And who would you want as your leading actor? Man, um, that's a good question. Just off the top of my head, um, maybe the, the Book of Job. Okay. Um, kind of like what I was talking about, like this um, kind of loner idea that I've yeah. just, uh, been kind of consumed with right now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the story of Job, it's, he, he loses everything. Um, it's and yeah. um, of course, it's the idea of you know ultimate salvation and redemption, but um, just kind of seeing everything that he goes through, but kind of understanding why he goes through it yeah. um, and knowing that uh, God does not change so he's not uh, like a hateful God so yeah. with that and then understanding the book of Job that's I think that's there's a lot of room for misunderstanding yeah. with Job and kind of the question is like oh why, why did God put him through all that and yeah. I think that's that'd be and especially on screen I think it'd be quite challenging to do because yeah. you don't want to 
uh, twist anything visually that's not, you know, right yeah. to the Bible. And also the challenge of like, is it your the creative, you know, decisions or is it like you trying to stick to every single word of the Bible? Yeah. It's kind of hard too. But, um, oh man, to cast, oof, I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, Gary Oldman's such a great actor. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I know their age may be kind of different, but I think he could just do a great job. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Or me, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Dang. There's people who yeah. put themselves in I just, in you know, I just compared myself to Gary Oldman. There you go. <laughs> uh, so make sure that's in the headlines on all uh, Mexican major. boy is. <laughs> <laughs> Takes over. Um, what, what are, you know, for someone who, uh, who's wanting to pursue a similar path and similar career, um, what are three important qualities they should have? Um, to be a film director in the film industry, what are what are three qualities you believe you know? If you're going to do this, here are three things at least that you should you should have or work towards mm. obtaining. I'll give a preface of going back to my idea of advice. Um, yeah. I know if anyone would, would tell me this as a peer, I would smirk and be like, "Well, if you think those are the best three qualities, why don't you have the three qualities?" Yeah. Um, I think what I've been trying to do is have these qualities, and so they are um, unique humility. Um, you need to acknowledge that you know you're not the greatest human being on earth, and you aren't you know the cinema golden child to yeah. you know make everything perfect. Um, you need to be patient. Um, if you give in to stress and if you acquiesce to any feedback that is just criticism and isn't constructive, that'll kind of tear you down. Um, but you also have to be uh, polite. Um, so humility, uh, patience, and you need to be polite. If you're not polite, but you have those other things. Um, it'll make it pretty hard to work with you, I think. So I've been really trying to um, not be too arrogant, uh, not give in to stress, but also um, not be so direct that I just come off as mean. Um, yeah. It's it's hard to tell a person to do this um, without making it seem like you know you're trying to be their boss and they're yeah. below you. Yeah. Um, it's also hard to be like, oh, can you please do this if you wanna, and then yeah. they're not gonna do it. So yeah. yeah, it's a weird balance. So the first one is humility. Humility. Second one is patience. Patience, and the next one is um, you have to be polite. So I guess the, the noun version is I don't know, polite. Politeness. Just, I guess. Yeah. There you go. Be hum be humble. Be patient and be polite. You know, kindness is free. It doesn't cost us anything. No. <laughs> I think The Rock, The yeah. Rock during an interview with Jamie Foxx says like, dude, it costs us nothing to be kind, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, when I'm, one thing I've been trying to do is like when I'm directing, when I say cut, I've been trying to say thanks to my actors. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they go through a lot and then yeah. they put themselves out there. If I just say cut and I just, you know, give feedback or something, it's, it's okay. But if I say yeah. thanks, it makes sure. me know that I like, yeah, yeah, man. It's almost kind of like when you have that approach. I know when I was there, it almost feels like, dude, I'll do anything for you, man. When you when you value people yeah. and you um, are kind to them, and um, man, there, there's nothing that those people will do to help you tell your story. Yeah, yeah. I know a few actors would tell me that. I'm like, <laughs> I could just do a prank and say like, oh, just like fall, <laughs> <laughs> face plant. Yeah, do it for the story. So as as you know, talk about patience. You know, um, what do you do to wind down? Like, do you think that whatever it is that helps you to wind down helps with you being patient? 
Yes, yes, and definitely. What, and what are what are those things that are helping in, in the practical sense? Like yeah, so I'm not a party person, and I say that because I really like, um, it's gonna sound weird, but I like just kind of being alone sometimes. Uh, there's a lot of times with film projects where I'm talking to everybody constantly, yeah. and a lot of times I just really love to just kind of be alone with my um, thoughts. Sometimes it's a little scary with your own thoughts, but yeah. um, I think I'm ultimately an introvert. So I can be very extroverted when I need to be, but yeah. I, I recharge just kind of when I get to have time by myself. And what I usually do is um, if it's nice outside, then I will definitely take a walk, usually in the evenings. Yeah. Um, I really like an evening walk. Um, but then a lot of times I do like reading, whether it's you know the Bible or any other types of books. Actually, yeah. um, I, I really love cryptography, which is a, a secret communication, so ciphers and codes. Okay. I really like that. So I've been reading quite a few books on that yeah. and even though it's um it, it works your brain it's actually it's yeah. pretty nice that's awesome man well just going to say one more time humility patience and politeness go a long way in any kind of career you yeah. know and whether it's uh yeah so in any career so there you go those are three qualities to implement and to make a part of your life. Well, Isaac, uh, I'm so excited about all that we've covered so far, you know, and you know, uh, and, and how much more we've learned more about your life and your journey um, leading to becoming a film director. Um, so I, I need to just bring it down and, and to another one of those fun kind of questions. When you go to the movies or when you used to go to the movie theater, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's your go-to movie snacks, man? Sour Skittles. Sour Skittles. Sour Skittles. Nah, very unorthodox. Yeah. And I'm actually not the biggest fan of popcorn, which is sad. <sighs> Um, I never crave popcorn, but anytime yeah. someone has it, of course I eat it. Um, but sour Skittles, something about sour Skittles and maybe like like soda or something. It a horrible mix, but yeah, it's yeah. A, it, it's it's <laughs> you, exciting. You did say you like sugar. I like sugar and go. I like hurting my uh, yeah my my <laughs> tongue with the sour Skittles. <laughs> I like sour Skittles, but then I get sad because then it goes it go that sour goes away. <laughs> it does and go. Then away. I don't want to chew it because no. once I chew it's, it, it's, yeah, it kind of hurts your teeth. Yeah. yeah. Well, then it just goes away, and then I'm like, darn it, that was the last one. Yeah. You know, um, how are you continually finding wonder? Ooh, that's a good question. I um I do love music. Um, okay. So. Especially when it comes to film stuff, finding the right music really takes yeah. the whole film to another level. Um, I, since I'm kind of more of an introvert, I don't like. I'm gonna sound like a boomer, but I don't like this kind of hip hop, <laughs> you know, song. So I I do like this kind of classic, either classical music or uh, any sort of instrumental. Music. Um, I do like some classic rock yeah. too, but an artist I've listened to is Rodriguez, and he has a lot of kind of like songs that you would listen to if you're kind of a lone wolf walking down the street and just yeah. in your own mind. I think that's he has a lot of good songs, yeah. and I've just been listening to that a lot. And when I'm either walking, like you know, late evenings or something, I, I get this kind of mood, and it's it's yeah. really nice. I get to go and brainstorm about different projects. 
Well, awesome, awesome, man. So, um, if you could have lunch with any film director today, who would it be with, and what would be your number one question you would most definitely ask them? My favorite director, film director, well, American film director is Stanley Kubrick. Okay. Love so much of his stuff, and um, some of it I don't like, but it's been extremely impactful for my just kind of creative language. Yeah. So what I would ask him is, how do you be good? Yeah. Um, what's the standard? At what point do you acknowledge that you're good at what you do? And maybe another question I would ask is, um, when do you stop being so insecure about your your ability to, or your competency to direct? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, you know, we're all students at some point. So like, when did he go from either being pretentious or being thinking he can know everything like every film student does, yeah, yeah. to then acknowledging like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm doing the best I can. Um, when did that like, or that, yeah, the lack of confidence, if it ever was there, when did it stop? And yeah. just kind of seeing his thought process on that. Maybe he just thought he was great the whole time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll listen to this and, and, and reach out to you. Yeah, he's dead, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, no, yeah. Maybe he'll reach out to me. You know, I can. <laughs> I, in a I dream. Mean, yeah, in a dream. <laughs> yeah. Or in watching some of his movies, go back and watch. Oh, yeah. and maybe yeah, the answer is there. It's a secret message, yeah. Secret message. Cipher. <laughs> what would you guys have lunch? What would you have lunch or dinner? Or what, if you guys can go chill out somewhere and hang out, you know, and yeah. eat and drink? What, what? Yeah, we'd go to Fred Meyer and get chili beans. <laughs> Man, be in our pajamas get... and watching Indiana Jones together. Look inside of Tapatio, you with that spray stuff on top of it. They're just spraying each other's, you know, like freaking. Yeah. You're putting those sprays on your Tapatio yeah, yeah. Doritos. Dang, that sounds like a dream. It's perfect. Fever dream. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's here's another big, big, big question. If you were to film the next Marvel movie, what Marvel character would it be? And who would you cast as the lead actor? Um, I would make a movie about uh, 3D Man. Nobody knows about 3D Man. He's I don't a, even he's know a Marvel 3D. character. Um, don't know what his powers are. I think he could just look at things in their 3D. Um, very obscure. Has like no powers. Um, probably not that exciting either. <laughs> but um, you know, make it make a great movie, make a, a trillion dollars at the box yeah, office. Yeah, you know, yeah. it'll be obviously a smash hit. Like, donate that half of it to George Fox. Yeah, film half, program. half of a trillion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> donate that to, to George Fox and cast um, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, I mean Stanley. he's not alive, but you know I'll cast him and <laughs> obviously yeah. I'm all the film people who are listening to this are cringing because that's like a sin to say that, but yeah. Deal with it, people. Yeah, deal with yeah. it. Set my coffee habit. <laughs> If there is a Marvel character story that needs to be retold, who would it be? Ooh, I would have an answer for DC. I DC? think they need to uh, redeem Green Lantern. Green Lantern's my... Um, Green Lantern, I think, probably was my original favorite superhero. And then it was Batman, because Batman's awesome. But yeah. Green Lantern, I mean, his whole power is just being creative. You can make whatever you want with your mind, yeah. and then it, it, you just conjure it up. Yeah. So, yeah. And he can fly and he's green. So... Definitely retelling that. Um, that. That needs to be done. I gotta ask, man. Who are you gonna cast? Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, come <laughs> on. <laughs> um, man, I 
I mean, my first reaction would be Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he did the first one, and he made a whole meme about it, and so yeah. he doesn't like it. And so then I think he shot himself. Yeah. <laughs> so I think bringing right. him back to this role, I think, could actually be kind of interesting, kind of funny. I think he can do it somewhat well. I know. Maybe yeah. he just wouldn't like it at all. I don't know. Who would be your second option? Oh, man. I'm um, just asking it for the rest of those people out there. Oh, man. I... Maybe. Oh, um... In a way, I think maybe a coming of age kind of a character yeah. where they're, um, what is it? I think it's like the Green Lantern Will core or something. So um, ultimately finding uh, resilience and uh, yeah. being very willful. I think that's what that, whoever, whichever actor can play, I think that's what they need to portray. Call up Will Smith. We have to call up Will Smith. <laughs> I'll call up Jaden Smith. Yeah. Jaden Smith, hey! Or Willow. There yeah. you go. <laughs> You know, we're, we're coming uh, close to the end of our, our time together. And um, um, what's been the most rewarding experience as a film director? Aside from the obvious, which is just telling stories, yeah. um, I think maybe seeing other people be really or as even equally as excited about a story as I am. Yeah. Um, seeing people just kind of, Sometimes their their own values kind of conflict and that creates conflict, but kind of just seeing people just really be excited about a story and kind of ranting about it themselves yeah. and seeing that this passion kind of, the, the, the want for telling a story just kind of is universal and yeah. everyone just really does need it. Because I do ultimately make things for myself. What do I want to see? Yeah. Um, and then obviously it's like, well, I do need an audience to see it as well. Yeah. So if the audience whatever whoever that is for whatever genre I have if they if they like it then um, leaving them with a certain thought afterwards because I don't think well at least I don't like walking out of a movie just being super passive and then going on with my life yeah. I love a story that makes me that sticks with me and makes me think yeah. so making somebody think about whatever it was or I know with this film it's like reevaluate your values yeah <laughs> reevaluate your values and um, consider someone else's perspective not necessarily to agree with them but just see where they're at and just yeah. kind of go that um, sympathetic route. Yeah. Wow. Well, we definitely need more of that in all kinds of creative platforms, mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I want to believe that we're, we're moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. Just one step at a time, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm so glad that you are doing your part in making that a reality. So thank you for doing that and yeah. being that person, you know, using your creative platform to help us see it that way. You know, yeah. and um, yeah, and being the real deal, you know. Appreciate it. Yeah. So where can folks learn more about you and follow you, Isaac? I think one of the most efficient ways is my, um, I'm going to sound like a millennial or a Gen Z, my Instagram account. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> um, it's a private account. So I mean, if you follow me, I'll follow back. It's um, Isaac Gallegos 100. So I-S-A-A-C-G-A-L-L-E-G-O-S 100. Um, that's where I have a link to my website and my YouTube uh, account. And that's where it has a lot of my profile yeah. uh, projects. Awesome. So once again, Isaac, thanks for being on this podcast and for sharing from your life and creative journey with us. And to everyone out there listening in, go online and check out some of Isaac Gallego's past or current projects, uh, I think, on Instagram, uh, on his website, or on his YouTube channel. We'll make sure to have all those links on our website. Okay. But before we leave, I just want to say three things. First, 
thank you so much to all of our podcast listeners and for being a part of this creative community where we share our stories and inspire one another. Second, you can find out more information about us at northwestcreativespodcast.com. We are on Facebook and on Instagram and on YouTube. Third, if you like this podcast episode, jump on iTunes and leave us a rating review. If not, we can wait to have you listen to our next upcoming podcast episode. Stay creative and inspired.